guys? Welcome to the All Season Podcast, episode four, with my good friend and mentor, Khalil Malamug, the owner of Razor Sharp, Wolves Den. And, and co-owner of uh, Original Sharp. There you go. Yeah. We were talking off uh, camera before about how All Season's a platform for entrepreneurs to tell their story. Also, give us insight on what they've been through, how they changed, how they've grown. So, if you want to kick it off with that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, essentially I've been around for for a little bit now and I've been in the business for a long time. And, you know, just like everybody else's story, um, as far as a barber, you know, um, I'm, I'm within the same realms of how you started. You know, I'm a backyard barber cutting cousins and, and uh, friends um, and was able to kind of find a path, create a path into what is now currently existing in today's time. You know, um, and as far as that goes, you know, obviously there's a route, obviously there's uh, trials and tribulations, there's mistakes being made, um, there's growing pains, there's beautiful pains, there's lessons learned, um, and ideally that's uh, one of the biggest things that are, you know, um, the fore plan of creating great characteristic as a one entrepreneur and a business owner and two um you know as a human being you know i think you know those experiences offer more than what people think you know are continuously something that you feel like you're going to keep losing and um you know in the path of like always feeling like you have lost something or whatever the cases are and you don't feel like you're getting your instantaneous gratification towards many things I think the biggest thing behind it all is, you know, those lessons have value. And just as long as you can appreciate those values and carry them on sooner or later down the line, you're able to carry, you know, strong characteristics that will allow you to push through and, you know, determine and dictate your path. And just as long as you can carry those suits and those characteristics of those suits, um, you can get full, you can push forward and you know, start to start to carry all those elements into your own personal life as well as, you know, your 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 light of being a business person, entrepreneur, a businessman, businesswoman, and you know, you know, step forward to the challenges of life. So you were talking about the the losing your humanity a little bit as a business owner because now we're seen in the light of we're always on, we always have to be on. But the beautiful thing about us is we're just regular people right sure that have a, a different sense of you know wanting to build something right it's a nine to five probably isn't us we're more of a 12 to 12 we're like you know yeah, 5 a.m to 24 hours 24 all season hours. we're yeah. all season there's yeah. no no off season for yeah, us for sure so talk a little bit about that because you said at some point in time you felt like you were losing yourself in the process and i know a lot of entrepreneurs can can relate to that especially myself i yeah. definitely relate to that yeah so you know i think one of the biggest things is you know in carrying in the light of like you know where you stand or how you walk um a lot of see you a lot of people see you uh you know stand in lights of you know i'm a short dude you know i'm like five three five four you know um but i think from previous time and previous you know um the, the character and the characteristics of what I am, you know, 
is portrayed as a ultra-determined individual that is not willing to lose at any given time. And sometimes you apply that into your place of work and you try to apply that into other people and sometimes it doesn't translate as well. And when you, you carry that on um, into the light of others and where you lose sight of actually being you know, a regular person and then don't step into the ways of being, you know, in consideration of humanity, you know, you will lose, you know, the likelihood and the traction of your own personal, you know, your business and, and, and things of that nature. Um, and when you do so, it's, it's a hard things to kind of recover from, you know, but at the same time, if you're willing to confront all these mistakes or you're willing to be able to understand many in those in the path, then you're able to kind of navigate into a smoother light, into a smoother path. You know, those are growing pains that many of your nine to fivers won't understand. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and no disrespect to them, but the growth and, you know, personal um, growth within your own self is something that's going to be hidden for a long time. And then that only translates into turning into a 70 year old, 80 year old, 90 year old man. And wisdom is what's kind of what they speak about. But they're only telling you the things that they wish they could have done. And most of those things like that people don't do is, you know, face face one of the hardest things to do is facing yourself and being able to take that path of correcting that. Um, and I think when when that's not being done, you know, there really is no substantial room for growth anymore right because you've hit a wall right. you know and i think the nine to five might just do so and do that and i don't believe that every nine to five does mm -hmm. and and that's that's not what i think or you know believe in but i do know that whether you decide to confront yourself and tell you tell yourself you're right or wrong you know there's the element in the space of like where do you take that direction mm. either you stay where you're gonna stay or you're gonna willing to be fi fix it you know right. so you know that's I you know those are the things that I've kind of experienced throughout this whole entire time you know as a businessman and then you know seeing myself now and then being able to see what was cultivated and then learning you know a, a, a new set of paths is has given me more you know is giving me more uh an insight of how how to approach many different things in so many different ways you know what i'm saying so in the end like you know i always thought there was one way but there was really no solution to that no. you know what i mean so i think the biggest thing that i have is is i have an option and options give you many different ways to give uh solutions and offer solutions and solutions are exactly what the world is looking for you must have heard that first reel that we put out where people have asked me why entrepreneurship and why that business. It's quite simple. You find a problem, then you build a solution towards it. And now there's multiple solutions for it that somebody might be able to do it better than you or, you know, bring something to the table. That's that's what entrepreneurship is. It's e it's not easy, but it's simple. Right? Yeah. It's a it's a problem that you you uh, identified and brought to light and said, hey, I got a solution for that. How can I get paid for solving this problem? Yeah, and I think, you know, even more so, um, even more so than the factor of actually getting like paid, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think like 
being able to discover a solution is something that somebody wanted to do so long ago, mm-hmm. but doesn't have the access or the ability to do so. Mm. And monetary achievement is something that's given after the fact that we have figured these things out. Right. But imagine the solution is something that you have coordinated. Mm-hmm. And in a more so, if it becomes more successful, it's something that you own. Mm-hmm. So there's really no replication to that. Yeah, You know, there's not a second option. You know what I mean? So that's what becomes something so unique in becoming an entrepreneur, you know, is creating a solution that many others have thought about and someone behind the screen or someone behind the phone or something like that might be like, I thought of that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But you, you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, what'd you do about it? So yeah. my whole entire light of it all is, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply it. And if it works, dope. If it doesn't, plan B. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what it kind of comes down to it, where it's like you have many options when you become an entrepreneur. And when you have those options, you can pick from any and every single one to ensure the success of your business. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the light of the world. Right, right. And I think that's exactly why an entrepreneur becomes an entrepreneur. It comes becomes further and farther than just actually becoming your self-made, your own business owner, you creating whatever you create. I think it's the option to be able to give yourself a choice, step forward, and see exactly what results you can kind of get out of it. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, Literally, the world is in your hands. Because from there, creating is easy. You know, making something look the way you want it to look, how you want it to feel inside of your business, this, that, and the third, is all accessible. You know, that that's easy. Right. But creating a solution is something very one-off, and you cannot re- replicate that. Right. That's something that is done, earned, experienced, executed, and then we can see if it works. Right. That's hard, you know what I mean? Because I've done it. I've done so many different things in that light, where many things didn't work, many things did, many things fired back at me, many things um, excelled. You know, um, and I think when it becomes down, when it comes down to it, just as long as you have those options and you can fix it further and farther out, if you can make the option to, you know, produce a choice. I think I think many in many different ways you can step into the light of, you know, other successes, you know, ones where you can stray away from mistakes, and you know, the the option just furthers out. Right. It's just <clears throat> gathering that data and refining your process. It seems like with just the one shop, then you go into the Wolf's Den, and then you have the original Sharp. What prompted you to open up a shop like you did with Razor Sharp? Oh man. All right, so let's let's go back. Let's let's go back. Let's go back all the way to yeah. the very beginning of my yeah. career, and it'll explain to you exactly why I think the way I think. Mm-hmm. All right, as a Filipino American, we were designed and dictated by our family to do what they want us to do. Mm-hmm. And for anyone in my generations that are born in the '80s and somewhat in the early '90s, everyone has experienced this. 
we are either one to be built as workers to create opportunities of security for yourself our first generation mothers and fathers came here and they did the grunt work when we step into the light of the second generation born American we see life right away different mm. we live in the suburbs or we live in the city and many of those options had created so many different avenues and lanes of likings whether it was hip-hop whether it was alternative rock rock and roll whether it was car culture whether it was arts whether it was computers we were in the midst of actual growth in our lifetime mm -hmm. so to take someone like myself and my father being a hobbyist as a photographer and I can see the illumination in his soul while he described, uh, speaking of my father, I'm wearing my father's shirt from the Navy. I noticed that. I was peeping it. <laughs> yeah, earlier. so this shirt here that I'm wearing is my father's shirt when he was in the Navy. He did 10 years into the Navy in the U.S. in San Diego, and he brought my family here because of the shirt. And I wear this often. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, this is something I wear out. I go to church and this thing. I go, I wear this dressed up, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, this is a full representation of why I'm here. I love that. So this, this is the reason why I'm here. This is my, this is legitimately my dad signed on shirt. Like you can see the size, what size it used yeah. to be. So you could tell my dad used to be this size too. You know what I mean? So like we're the same kind of dude. <clears throat> but let's go back and to see him go back to the illumination of him describing Yo, this is me in Kenya when I went. This is me in Japan. This is me in the Philippines. This is me in China. This is me in Germany. This is me. Oh, this is me and my boys. We, you know, having beer and we're all at the beer, like, you know, drinking beers. This is me as a hippie. This is me and my boy jamming out at the guitar. And my dad played the guitar and I could see the element of my father being, you know, his own rock star. Mm -hmm. Right? <clears throat> and then we get into the life where my father comes to America. He's 10 years in. He's you know, he got us an apartment in California. He was a 10-year veteran in the Navy. And when he had, when my mother was having me, when they were pregnant with me, and my dad decided to take, you know, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the Navy. And he said, I have to concentrate on my family, and I have to do what's right for my family. <clears throat> so, um, that sacrifice, and I think the lane of that sacrifice is something that I, I cater to and I, I care about. So <clears throat> when I see him 10 years and I grow up as a younger man and he induces all of these likings that he likes, which is tennis, the sports of tennis, and he wanted me to be a, a world champion tennis player, I remember this. <laughs> uh, he wanted me to be a lawyer, a doctor, a pilot. And he, you know, showed me cars and the likely the, the likings that he likes of cars <clears throat> and then my mother who is a registered nurse you know came into america you know lpn did all the grunt work this that and the third and then climbed up all the way up top and became a don mm -hmm. you know a director of nursing she's running uh she's running the show i think a point out my life i saw 
influence in everything that my dad liked and everywhere I grew up and it was embedded in my soul. Right. And I couldn't let that leave. And once that was stuck to me, and once I had that in me, I had a lane of what needed to be attended to, which was creativity. Mm. Creativity was the function of how I thought I was gonna become successful. Mm. I took bits and pieces of those elements of my creativity and found ways to make money as a younger man. So in sixth grade, I saw these kids carrying pixie sticks and they were eating pixie sticks yep. in class. I remember those. Okay, so pixie sticks are a dollar for 50. Mm -hmm. So I bought one for a dollar, I bought one pack for a dollar. I asked my grandma for a dollar, I asked my mom for a dollar and I bought one pack for a dollar. Then I saw kids in school and you can ask anybody who's seen me do this. <laughs> One dollar, right? One dollar for ten. That bag turns into a five dollar bag. Yep, flip it. Five dollar bag. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here I am in sixth grade. By the time I got the five bags, you know, right? By the time I got the five bags, it's $25. So by the time I got the $25, I would I I noticed that in Costco, at the time, regular bags and boxes of candy at regular size, were twelve dollars. I had twenty five bucks. I said, Mom, I want to buy M and M's and I want to buy Snickers. Mm -hmm. Now, in school, you get hungry, so there was a demand of necessity, and I didn't know this as a younger man. This is something that I had no idea about. I didn't, I didn't consider wants, needs. I didn't consider necessities. I didn't consider myself any of that. I just wanted to sell candy. Mm -hmm. But that's the natural part. Also. Right. So now here I am, $12 for 24 pieces of candy, one box again, you 12 bucks. You double up on one box. Mm -hmm. Get this. In school... I was terrible at math, science, reading, everything of that nature. But I understand how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Right, right. When a teacher was, dis I remember this clear too. A teacher was t asking like something, some formula. I was somewhat of a rebellious kid in a way where I was like, yo, when are we going to use this in ways to make money? I asked. <laughs> I asked. Yeah. And she looked at me and she goes... This is something that you just need to do. I said, in my mind, I didn't talk back anymore. I understood. I said, no, this is something that you need to teach. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying education is falsified. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a different avenue for everybody. This is yours. Right. $12 box, right? So I understood. Now, I'm a kid with $48 after a day of school 
48 bucks. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money a lot as a of kid. Money. Yeah. So by the time I got to the whole entire situation, jerseys and stuff were in, in, in session. Mm, mm-hmm. Jerseys, sneakers, mm-hmm. name it. Fitteds. Fitteds, yep. Name it. So where do you think I went? I went to Mitchell and Ness. I flipped Air Forces. Mm-hmm. I flipped kicks. By the time I was a sophomore, junior, and a senior in high school. By then, I was carrying like four or 500 bucks in my pocket. I'm a junior and I'm a senior. <laughs> my mindset and my mind frame is already, I don't, I cannot see myself going to school, but I'm, I'm lying to myself too because I want to make my parents happy. Right, right. So I'm a junior in high school. I remember my man, his name was Jeremy. Um, and he just, congratulations to you, Jeremy, as well, man. You, uh, he just opened up a shop in, um, in Piscataway. My boy Jeremy was shaping people up in the library. And he was a junior, senior in high school, cutting kind of Piscataway. And I said, yeah, that's dope. You know? And he starts cutting hair. I start asking some questions, this, that, and the third. And that's where my interest sparked. Mm. So here I am now revisiting. I'm, I'm, I'm in the hustle stage of my life. Now I'm visiting this creative part of my life. Mm-hmm. This is where I can kind of create because I get to do someone's hair. All right, cool. I pick up a pair of clippers from Walmart. My mom, my mom helps me out. And I finally get my first official haircut in a, in a barber shop. Big, big impact in my life the first thing the first dude that came and opened i went inside the shop his name is sean shout out to sean and miz from mirror image barbershop they're now they reside in Boundbrook, new jersey originally in piscataway in piscataway new jersey where walgreens is currently at mm-hmm. right by subway and dunkin donuts on the corner on the corner of rock ave mm-hmm. that whole walgreens used to be a two-sided like business with like a an entryway of a parking lot i remember it was a chinese restaurant and it was at least touch of class now this is how you know this is that impactful to me right because i don't i don't forget yeah so when something is this impactful to me i will always revisit Mm -hmm. i step into the barber shop first dude that walks in goes yo you khalil right this is sean Rest in peace, R.I.P. Sean, because he had passed away um, a long time ago, man. is you know, long-time legend in the business and serviced us for a very long time. Opens up the door. Yo, you, you Khalil? I'm like, yeah. Yo, sit down. You next. And I remember at the time he was given, it was Brooklyn's, it was Tapers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just an Asian kid who don't know shit, you know? And I was just, I was engulfed into hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Naturally, that's just what I listened to. I was like, yo, do what you do. He was like, bet. And he gave me a taper, you know, pointed out Cyburn ice picks, super sharp shape up. It was called a Brooklyn fade. Had my had super perfect, bro, like this microphone, right? <laughs> I walked off, man. I felt fresh, man. Like I was, I was in. I was like, damn, dude, like I'm part of this shit now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm part of culture. You know what I'm saying? And that's my infatuation right then and there because I took an obsession from there. And I would literally make barbershop visits often. 
And it got to the point where was so often my mom was like, yo, I can't afford this madness. Mm. Mm-hmm. She was like, because I work hard, dog. Like, you can't get a haircut every two, three weeks. Yo, you're not even, you got to do this yourself. <laughs> so I was like, cool, can I get a pair, can you buy me at least a pair of clippers? So she did. It was $50. And at the time, it was an Andis T-liner clipper. And I just used to buzz my head, one shake. And anybody and anybody will tell you, I used to wreck myself, dog. <laughs> my hairline was all the way up. You know, I used to mess up my eyebrows. Crazy. And then we got into the light of senior year. And then I'm getting better. Mm. So I start asking myself a question like, yo, dog, man, what you going to do? This is the part of my life that I found that was very important. And I remember this to this day. I'm on Centennial Avenue coming home from Applebee's with my boy Joel in his black Honda Civic. It was on the corner in Piscataway. Right, right on the left, on your driver's side, is ShopRite and Applebee's. And we coming out of there, right? We make a left of that light. And all I remember was, like, this moment of stress. Because I had a lot of, like, fear towards a lot of the people around me. Because they had schools lined up. They had educational paths lined up. They had careers set up. Some of them were telling them that they're going to be a doctor. Some of them engineers. Some of them lawyers. Some of them, you know, veterinarians, this, that, and the third. Some of them going to end up in Wall Street. And here I am. I don't know what to do, but I'm too afraid to tell people I want to be a barber. Mm. And not only am I afraid to tell them I want to be a barber, I'm afraid to tell my mom and my dad I want to be a barber. That's tough. That's a tough one, too. Admit to them. So, me and my dad at one point had really hard conflict towards what I'm supposed to do in life. Mm. Supported me, but always kind of pushed the idea of like, choose something else. Was it the military? Sure. Sure. It was the military. It was the military. We'll get there, you know. So here I am, and I make that left turn. We on what road is that? I forgot what road is that, but you know what the you know what road that is. We get onto this road, man. I'm driving, and I remember back in the day used to be a farm field with like all the horses and shit. I'm like, yo, I just want to cut hair, and I remember my boy Joey going. Yo, just do it. You know what I mean? He was like, yo, just do it, man. Like, if that's what you want to do, yo, do it. So, all right. And I remember at the time, you know, back in the day, I was cutting all my cousins. And I had my cousin Rain tell me, um, yo, you kind of nice at this, yo. You might as well do this. And I was like, you think so? He's like, yo, why not? He's like, you like to do it, so you might as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So we get into the life of everybody got a school lined up and everybody's going to school. People going to Rutgers, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, damn, dude. I could barely get into Middlesex County College. And no bullshit. Like, my SATs were like a 620. I was like a CB student. You know? A full around, like, shortcut in, like, school. 
um, and didn't take school seriously at all. So here I am going to college thinking that, yo, I'm going to be a nurse. And I told my mom that just so they could hear it. Mm-hmm. And I tried for like a year and a half. Long story short, I got English teachers not giving me the grades that I thought I deserved, even though I, I wrote these papers with my heart out. And then I took a test on like the anatomy. And I studied for like a good like month, two months. And I looked at all the bones. Okay. And then <clears throat> I get to the test and like all these things are laying out. And I remember studying my heart out and then realizing, yo, I don't want to do this. And I think I maybe only memorized like 30% of it. I failed, right? My efforts weren't there. My 100% wasn't there. At this point in my life, I'm already inside of a barbershop, in the cut barbershop in Danella, New Jersey, which is the gateway to many of these other gentlemen in the path of what they have currently made themselves into in the cut is the gateway mm. for centralized and localized barbers that have stepped into that place of business and made careers for themselves. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to C. He's one of the ones that had took me in. So I'm already in this path of my career. And I, <clears throat> I take that opportunity to try to take the test. I call my mom. And I'm like, mom, this college thing is not working. So here I am. I'm thinking like I'm almost off the hook. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I definitely don't want to be here at school. She's like, not happening. She said, you will graduate, you will walk, and you will walk away with an associate's degree. You tell me right now what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm at this point of like bullshit with myself. I'm going to open a barbershop up. My mom was like, can you cut hair until the day you retire, which is the retiring age of 65? Can you cut hair and support yourself till 65? She said, you just got to let me know so I can feel comfortable with you supporting yourself. I said, you don't have to worry about me no more. I'm going to open a shop up. Did I think I was opening a shop up before? No. Not even close. I just want to get out of school. Mm-hmm. Okay. She said, you're going to go and do business management because you want to open up a shop and you're going to get an associate's degree. Here I am thinking I'm off the hook. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, dude. There's no getting out of school. <laughs> and there's no getting out of school, dog. Okay. We get, it, we get there. So now I'm serious about school. In the light of all this shit, I am now on academic probation, which allows me to only take X amounts of classes. Okay? I am, I forgot how many X away amounts of credits. Maybe like three to four classes out of credits. Man, I'm very familiar with that. (laughs) So I'm taking two classes thinking that I can knock all four of them out so I can get out within Mm -hmm. that semester. Mm -hmm. I can only take two. Summertime is one of the biggest parts of my career, so I didn't go to summer school. So it was spring, and then I went work, summer, and then I went fall, next two. Finally, I'm taking this one class, and it's accounting. This is the end of my college career. Mm -hmm. 
and I go there every single day, 30 minutes before the class starts with the teacher in the class asking many questions. I'm at the finish line. Mm-hmm. It's December. School's, yes, it's December. So September I went to school, it's December. Mm-hmm. He said, Khalil, he's like, Malamug, let me talk to you outside. He was like, hey, this is your grade. D plus. I'm like, man, fuck. He goes, this is what I'm going to give you. B minus. So I asked him. I said, why? He goes, you tried. He's like, I know you're not going to be no accountant. So why am I going to hold you further from your, from your future? Mm. One thing that stuck with me, and these are monumental moments in my life. These are people that stuck with me forever. He said, and he always used this phrase, but he said, in the real world, I know where you want to be. Go do that. I know you're about to graduate. So this, just consider this a gift from me to you. He goes, Merry Christmas. He said, you can leave the class now. This is about like maybe a week before the class, the whole class ends. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I was very impressed with the, how hard you tried. I was like, holy shit, dude. Effort. What? He what? saw the effort, man. Dude. So here I am, like, yo, this is crazy. I got a chance at life. So finally I graduate, I walk. Mm-hmm. Immediately from there, I take cosmetology school. Get your license, right? Get my license. There you go. Yep. Okay. So this is exactly where grit comes from. At the time, I was going to cosmetology school and I was fighting. Physically fighting. I was fighting AC in a... um in a league called New Breed Fighters. I had mm-hmm. three fights there. It's a high-level amateur like league. Mm-hmm. The best of the best in New Jersey. Kevin Peterson, the one with the neck, the neck tattoos, the smaller guy that's on the UFC. Um, he 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 ref my first fight. Oh wow. So here I am scrapping physically, working day in and day out on my career, and I'm making sure things happen for my life. Mm-hmm. At one point in my time, I decided I got to drop the fighting because it's not what's paying me now. From there, I told my mom, I'm like, listen, I'm really going to, I'm doing this cutting thing. She says, I know. So my mom tells me a career, like a, a story about her father. Mm-hmm. His name is Santiago Maglaoli. He as a younger gentleman <clears throat> and had, had kids early too with my grandmother climbed coconut trees for a living. So mind you, he's climbing a tree day in and day out, 365 days in the year, right? Wind blowing this down in third. He finally sits up. This is a rope, bruh. <laughs> no shoes, no feet, like mm-hmm. no socks, no mm-hmm. nothing, right? He's climbing. He looks down and he goes, I'm going to die doing this. He's like, I look, he looked down. He's like, I'm going to die doing this. Hmm. And I won't be able to see the light of my kids. He went to the army. Man fought in the Korean War. And he went to the army. From that position, he was fed one opportunity. Was a scholarship for one of my one of his kids to go to college. Hmm. Guess who we picked? 
Your mom. My mom. So here's my mother asking my, my, my her father, why me? Why not all your other kids? Yeah. He said this clearly. He said, I can see how much you love your family. And you're going to be the reason why you change our lives. So she goes off and goes to nursing school. My mom tells me that every single day that she ate was eggs, hard-boiled eggs, and potatoes. Mm. It's the two cheapest formats of food that anyone would think of. My mom is from the gut, straight raw in the Philippines, in Krame. Metal roof, all that shit. <clears throat> she says, the same opportunity that I was provided with the same opportunity that you now have to manifest. Whatever you choose, I will support you, son. And she was like, just know that your dad might not agree with a lot of this stuff. He's just fearful that you're going to hurt yourself. He just wants you to do the best. You just got to understand him there. So, okay. And I will. So long story short, when all this kind of came in route, <clears throat> we in a career and I'm cutting almost like on a day to day basis I start and I'm almost cutting like about like 15 a day 13 to 15 a day and in a busy day 22 to 25 how much I had $12 you were adding that up and you're thinking where am I gonna go with this yeah you gotta make more you got to go back to that hustling Khalil. You're taking that, like you said, addition, subtraction, divide, multiply. And now you're thinking critically. Where I am I going to go? Where am I going to go? How do I make this even bigger? How do I multiply what I'm taking in daily? So here I am. I look at my father's life and a simple man and a 10-year veteran working at a warehouse on logistics. He's taking boxes, Smith Klein Beach on. He's taking boxes down from a forklift, providing for my family. My mom is an RN nurse, turned into a DON, provided me with opportunity, education, helping my mom, my, helping my, uh, my grandpa and my grandfather outlive. My sister bringing her through college, giving us cars, giving us homes, have AC, heat, water. I got nothing to complain about. Mm -hmm. I'm in my career and I'm wondering, though, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do what they do? How do I even get to the level where they get? I was in a very critical time of barbering, in the most raw element of the capability to change what we actually have. Now, this is where most of this became so important to me because I was cutting hair and I was cutting and I was like, yo, this dude cannot go down the street. He cannot drive 30 minutes and he can't drive an hour away because it's me. Mm. So from all of this stuff where I used to do, hustle, then understand all this stuff and learning creativity, but all of a sudden, demand and value smack me in the face. And not only did that happen, the opportunity to change 
what we do for a living in service. Mm. Here's where I got tired. People will come in my chair and then try to negotiate my price. Mm. Yo, is it cool if, yo, is it cool if it's going to be this? Yo, I only got this. And I started to ask myself, yo, not even cats at McDonald's that are flipping burgers are getting they, they, their pay moved. Yeah, or negotiated, yeah. Or negotiated. Right. When you go to Starbucks, you don't ask them, like, yo, can I pay a dollar less for this coffee? And I started to tie that in there in my mind. So that whole mindset and that mind frame of saying, like, yo, what am I going to be able to do to make a difference in what this whole industry is about? Mm-hmm. So I got my license. And I manifested all these things in my head. What can I create in order to make this happen? So in 2011, I worked at In The Cut from 2005. And mind you, I stayed loyal to my boy. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that I'm proud of. I'm like, out of everything else in the world, I stuck with him. Mm -hmm. And I worked for him at 2005 and left by 2011. And the part of my career, Friday, Saturday, I was there at 6 a.m. I still do that to this day. Mm. Okay. So I get to this path. I start seeing it. I start seeing all these barbershops. And there was one barbershop that I just, that caught me. Like, it, it was moving. It was called Frank Frank's Chop Shop in New mm. York City by Chinatown, in the back of Chinatown. Shout out to Mike. Thank you for um, giving us the opportunity to change the the path of, you know, what barbershop culture has produced itself into. Um, But I remember seeing these videos and being like, yo, I could do this shit, but I could do this shit in the burbs. Mm -hmm. So that was my first thing. It was like, you know what? Cool. Let Let me try to create and figure something out. So couple of cousins of mine from back in the day we opened Chief Barbershop so that's how Chief kind of came about right. Piscataway is very you know not first but very own like pride and joy mm-hmm. Chief Barbershop and at the time it was unheard of to cut for $25 so here I am cutting for $25 I'm really starting to gain traction and now I'm also helping my mom pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. So not only do that, but I'm feeling like a man now. Like I'm, I'm feeling, like, oh man, like I'm, I'm doing it. Right. I'm helping my mom out. I'm, I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to. Life is, life is gaining traction. And there was this, there was this crazy art form and like being able to create and make. And the history of what I was into, whether it was hip hop, art, sneaker culture, this, that, and the third lied within. The very, very beginning stages of my career, which was Chief. Mm. And I knew deep down inside, from there, there was bigger light. So what do I do? I start to calculate other things. I take all those elements of what I know. I start putting that into what I am as a businessman. Here I am, growing up to be a smaller businessman. I'm 26 years old now at this point. 25, 26 years old. Now I'm getting into the whole spot where I'm learning about real estate and I'm learning about landlord and, and, and you know, um, you know, LOIs and 
uh, lease agreements and addendums and this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. So here I am. I'm in a spot where I'm like, cool, now it's time for me to really stretch out and open up my own my own thing. Because now I have the substructure. Now it's time to create the ultimate structure. Mm-hmm. And from there, there was some sort of wave of influence that was emphasized from the one shop. And cats were like, yo, I want to live like that. Like, I want to do... Like, forget the money. I just want to be able to do what I, I want. The lifestyle. The lifestyle. Yeah. I'd have had that much, bro. Yo, at the end of the day, even to this day, and this is real This is real shit you could really ask. From that time into... From my whole life, I'm 38. I'm 38, bro, bro. From that time, I saved all my money. And I didn't know how to borrow money before. I didn't know how to do any of that shit. I didn't understand banking terms, this and the third. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. I took money that I saved in a Nike shoebox, allocated whatever I was making in my mind to know what kind of cushion I had, and dumped all of that into the shop. I had $35,000 in a box living in my mom's basement mm-hmm. till I was 34. I'm 38. Now you got a house built. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It took that time to save up, build. Man. So here I am. Mm-hmm. 2013, me and Angelica started dating. I show her. I open up the door. I said, this is what I've been working on. Mm. This is the life that I want. This is everything that I envisioned. All right? From that time, I didn't understand how process works. So as a businessman, I'm going into this blind and pretty ignorant because I didn't learn any lessons. So I didn't know how to go around the town. I didn't know how to do this, that, and Mm -hmm. the third. So I'm cutting with paper in my wall. And I got to the point where I had one month of rent left to my name and figuring out how to eat and put gas in my car. Mm Mm-hmm. I got nothing left. The day that I opened up my doors, I peeled the door, the windows down. They saw the, they saw the interior design, and that's, that's what I've kind of been known for. And people were like, yo. And yo, mind you, bro, all this shit is Ikea, dog. Right, right, yeah. You the know way you it, present it. It's not, it's, it ain't nothing but Ikea. Yeah. But for some reason, the, them Wu-Tang photos... And the Wu-Tang music is something that just, it ignites, you know, uh, a part of your spirit that's so different. Yeah. And I understand that, bro. That's the mechanics of life. You can't just be that. You got to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And people knew that was authenticated within my, myself. All right, so cool. I get in there, this, that, and the third. I got a lot of clients. I got a random cat. I remember this shit, dog. Like, comes in, helmet off a of Ducati. Cafe racer style, you know, leather, you know, it looks like he plays the part. Like he he got some things going on for himself in his life. He opens the door, he goes, yo, this is a nice shop. You know, he walks around with, you know, tons of confidence, this, that, and the third. And I go, hey, you know what's going on? You schedule an appointment. He goes, you need an appointment? I go, yeah. And he goes, he's like, well, you're the only one in here. And I'm like, yeah, I, well, like, I, I understand. You know, at the time I didn't know how to talk either. 
I didn't know how to navigate. So my confidence level was low. You know, I'm scared. I'm a small-time business owner. I'm 26 years old. I'm scared of people, man. All I knew is that, you know, I just had my clients. So he goes, he's like, yo, man. He was like, anyway, he was like, if I can't get a cut, how much is a cut? I go, $30. And this is at the time where $30 was unheard of. Bro, and to tell you the truth, $30 right now is the hood's, the hood's price. You know what I'm saying? So it shows you how far we've come. You know, the influence of what was done from the very beginning has now traveled to all areas. We all charge a premium now. We right. part of this game. Right. This is exactly the infrastructure that I wanted from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the guy goes, 30 bucks. And I remember this, dog. He was like, you're telling me you're the only one in here, you're coming for 30 bucks. And you're telling me you don't have no appointment, you're not taking customers? And I was like, no, that's not. The-. He was like, Psh, good luck, buddy. Walks out the door. I'm the only one in here. Four months later, I got 10 chairs spinning and the whole town loves me. Because I'm part of community. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing was the dude that was in my chair, he goes, yo, Lil, forget that guy. You got us. And that's when I knew the infrastructure of community is the reason why our business works. Right. Because they fuck with you. They only fuck with that person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that shit you can't fake. Nah, not at all. You know what I mean? Because all that shit comes with authentication. And the fake ones weed themselves out almost. It's, 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 it's tried. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So from there, I just knew that there was spark. But that was the beginning tale. But all of it, had to do something with what I was in the beginning, where the natural, the natural induction of being a hustler to understanding how to add, subtract. Yo, mind you, I was a kid that was in the small classes. I was one of those kids that were in classes. I was in a resource class. Mm-hmm. I was in a resource class like with three or four kids in there. They call them the Bobo classes, bro. Real shit. You know what I mean? Like that was that was what I was in. I consider myself like a, a less of a kid because I was in that. Mm. But imagine being able to be in that class and those teachers empowering you. Miss Erberg, I'll never forget. That's my sixth grade teacher. Straight from Brooklyn. I remember this. I was like, where are you from? She's like from Brooklyn. She was from a Jewish part. And remember, Miss Erberg is Jewish. She goes, son, you could do whatever you want. I remember she powered me. And many of these teachers that like, you know, you always never, you won't forget some of these teachers. Mm-hmm. She powered me. And I remember she always said, she's like, there's something special about you. I remember she was like, there are all these kids that did something, but I always did something else to kind of differentiate myself. I didn't have the best way to understand certain things, but I had the best way to create. Power. It's important to, put, to, to do that to your children. Yeah, empower them. From those routes, man, from my dad's hustling as a, as a warehouse worker, the 10 years, my mom being a D.O.N., my grandfather giving my mom a scholarship, I never forgot any of these things. That's one thing that I had created in myself was I created higher value in the perspective of what my parents had done for me, but the path that you wanted me to do was something I didn't want to, but I know whatever I was going to do was going to be the 
biggest thing that I was going to create. So when I had figured that out, I knew from then on out, I had something special. Right. From here, bro, at the end of the day, I think almost like 50 to 55, 60 lives had passed. And I can name, I'm not going to name them all, but I can name all of them that are currently right now succeeding or even have their own businesses. Mm -hmm. And that's under, that's under me. You had that effect on them to inspire them and to go out do and do their thing. thing. Be like, yo, if he could do it, man. Facts. That's the same. And way that's I all feel. I want. That's all I want. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. But now that that would be the case, that's exactly how all this started. But all of it was sacrifice. Right. It all started from sacrifice. But like I told you before, man, I only got to build it. Yo, like even like I only got to step into my own likelihood of getting my home. Because I know what opportunity looks like. Mm -hmm. You know? I bought my first home at 34, G. Man, I think I got you beat because I just moved out of my mom's place February of this year. And, and I what, just turned 39. And that's what I mean. Right? That's not a lot of people could swallow their pride nah, and say, dog. I got to build up. I got to make this work. I don't care if I'm living in my mom's place. You know, yo, I'll, like... Thanks, mom. Thanks, pops. I, you're probably not watching on IG, but definitely appreciate that giving me the opportunity to build. You know, at the end of the day, I think that's that, yo, bro, like humiliation is power. Yeah. And being able to have the humbleness and, you know, willing to take that kind of down to to, to carry that with such pride and, and like know that there's this bigger aura that you're going to create. Right. And when it does manifest and when I when it does happen, I'm pretty sure you even step into your own place at gym, even from the first one that you open, now you step into the one that you have and you're like, "Yo, what happened? <laughs> how did How do we get here? Why Why is it that much bigger than the old spot or even at the old spot just thinking I used to tell Neil, I don't know if he's on but I would stand in one corner by the weightlifting section and just look all over the place. I go, man, this is a lot bigger than my garage <laughs> where I used to train people. And I go, now I'm looking at the new spot. I go, we got a library. Yeah. We got a TV. We got a couch. We got a cafe. We got jujitsu. We got everything in there that it, you can imagine. It's 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 extremely wow. it's extremely important to to really take yourself back and really know exactly what kind of elements in your life actually work, what kind of elements, you know, and, and you know, the, one of the biggest things is like, yo, just never forget where you come from, man. Right. Like, I just, yo, like, I'm, I will never forget where I come from. I will never forget where, how I was built. I will never forget who gave me opportunity. I will never forget who taught me the lessons. I never forget the people I've done wrong. I'll never forget the people I've done right. Mm. And it's it's all of it, you know what I mean? But like hence to the hence to that first question that you had, that's that's exactly how everything was dictated. I was left in a time where I was able to create and make a part of this culture that we currently live in, which is the barbering industry, and then take it into my own light. Facts. That's a long answer though. No, I definitely appreciate that answer because before we got the cameras on and the mics on and the live on, we were talking and I said, I really just want to hear your story, you know, coming from a perspective of seeing you or knowing of you. And remember, I told you, I was like, yo, I'm kind of starstruck still. You're at my house. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> we live. 
you were working <clears> out with me. I was putting you through a leg workout. Now we're on the mats at jiu-jitsu. Now you're, you know, I never had a cut from you. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I got no hair, but you giving me a shave. I go, man, I look up to this guy, and I still do because you're a business owner just like myself. I'm, I might have started a little bit later, but we're immigrants, right? Mm. And then a lot of what your story with your parents making that sacrifice probably a lot of other ones can relate to like myself my dad had an accounting firm in the philippines Mm -hmm. successful Mm -hmm. my mom was in the province of isabella Mm -hmm. came over became a nurse she actually tells me this funny story her and her roommates that all worked at the same hospital were eating cat food unknowingly you know, they, they're not reading the labels. It's just, oh, this look like food. Oh, okay, it's non-perishable. I will eat it. Oh, it doesn't taste good. But with some rice, soy sauce, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then now it becomes the opportunity where she can bring me over here. But here's the thing. My dad would have to sacrifice his career and start from zero. Mm-hmm. Because a CPA in the Philippines doesn't translate to a CPA in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And he'd have to go to school again. He'd have to go through all that. And he said, you know what? If it's going to provide a better opportunity for my kids, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I can't thank him enough for that because in that same aspect of they made that sacrifice and now they have a certain expectation of you and they just want you to be safe. So you want, they want you to be secure. They want you with a secure job. I mean, I, I'm the same way in school. I I was in an ESL truck. I was pulled out of class because, yo, homie doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Hard for me to understand mm-hmm. numbers, I guess, but English, nah. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm to a point where I, I don't even think I speak Tagalog anymore because it was so, you know, ingrained in me that, oh, you need to learn, you need to learn. And I think at that point, my dad realized this guy's got the gift of gab definitely the gift of gab and I was opening to you up before the cameras came on that I had to work on being comfortable speaking in public Mm. I would stutter (laughs) I don't know if I was talking loud enough and all that but now we're on a platform where yeah our voices can be heard stories can be heard I could host people that Mm -hmm. you know given the opportunity to give that story out and just inspire generations and generations like you said you 55 people, 56 people probably came out of what you gave them the opportunity to do, right? Just opening the door. Mm-hmm. Same with Adelante. It's a space where people can be themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They find as a home, a sanctuary, let off the steam. I mean, what better way than to work out, right? Sure. And then just giving everybody opportunity. I think everybody that I've hired or has worked with me, they just asked. I said, you know what? I right. Nothing, nothing like official either, you know, under the table. I know my accountant don't want to hear that, but mm-hmm. it was under the table. And this was a business that you can't really see much money from until later on because we had retros, we had crunches, you had sure. all that. And their whole motto is, oh, just, just pay. We'll make it impossible for you to cancel. But it's only 20 bucks a month, so we hope you forget. We were charging 50 a month. Just like your price point, we were high. Sure. No gyms were charging that, right? Now we're at 75, and we're taking a price increase this December to 90 a month. 
a month, a small business, mm-hmm. and there's people that still pull up. Yeah. Because we're providing that space, we're providing that service, you know, we're providing that environment for people to be themselves. Yeah. You know, and opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I think these special places where, you know, you start to create is it's, it's far beyond the price. Yeah. You know, once I step once you once I think um once you, I think once you start to establish like the the moment that you understand it's like yo it's not the price that I'm I'm asking you for. Uh-huh. It's this is something that I feel like I I deserve. And you bring value to. And I'm not I'm not telling you you have to pay this. Yeah. This is your choice. Yeah. But I know what I bring to the table. I know at the end of the day I know I am 1000% reliable. Uh-huh. I know I am 10 million percent consistent I know I am 5 million percent determined that 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 price comes with a value you don't ask Porsche the same thing nope if they got a sticker on there you're gonna ask them well how can I get it uh-huh. Mercedes do the same thing G-Wagons do the same thing you're gonna ask how can I get it yeah. and you know what they're gonna tell you I'm not sure if there's any more allocations to give out. Mm. Same thing with Rolex. Scarcity. Right? So what I've created and tied myself into those common denominators for those companies is like, well, I am that guy. Mm. I have a very special set of skills. 25 years of experience deserves this kind of, you know, this notation of what I deserve. And that's what I'm going to get. Right. And it's just like any with anything else in the world. Everybody got their price. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And you should be able to go ahead and explain to the world why you deserve that. Right. If not, go make it. And that's that's the difference. That right then and there, what I just said is the exact difference. Uh-huh. That's the difference. You know, if it's not, tie yourself with all those kind of people. That's the only people that I want to tie myself around. The ones who are way better than me. I'm not tying myself around people who, you know, I got to tie myself around the people that are extremely more intelligent than I am. And challenge you. And challenge you. Like definitely you, just seeing how you run your businesses and how your career is going and how you're building your family. Dude, that's challenging me. I had my boy Mario here. He has three businesses in Cranford. Man, that challenges me too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I got Dallas that was on in uh, episode two of the podcast. He's crushing it as just as an online coach. I don't want to say just as an online coach. Mm-hmm. And I go, wow, wow, these guys are doing it, man. There's some sort of there's an avenue that you need to pick, but within that avenue, you need to specialize. People right. don't want to specialize. They want to be, you know, uh, a jack of all trades more than a master of just one. Right, right. That mentality goes far beyond me. Like I'm, I'm about that. Right now, my, my main practice is the mastery of being a student. Yeah, I remember you telling me that when I asked you to become a guest on the uh, podcast where you are getting comfortable being uncomfortable and you want to continue to learn, you want to continue to grow, and you're asking questions, you know. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Uncomfort, for whatever the cases are. Yeah. This don't shift me, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's tomorrow. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Like, and I really do feel that way, <laughs> you know? 
you know, it's, there's tomorrow. It's going to be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? This two Shit. shall pass. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to and when it boils down to it, like, I've seen people stressed out. Yeah. You stressed for? Worrying does not change the outcome. Worrying never does. There will be tomorrow. Yeah. And then what I realized was when you reflect back on times of hardship and you do, I guess, what's called the Pareto analysis on the time that you spent worrying, it was useless. Yeah, I mean, it, what if you created a whole... What if you took that time to be able to create a solution? Yeah. Just like we were talking about a long time ago. Yeah. This conversation started off with solution. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's an op- that's an option. Yeah. A lot of people don't choose that option. I mean, that was an awesome idea because the phone call just came in, or a text. Mm-hmm. He said, yo, I got an idea for the podcast. Sure. All right, cool. Got time for a phone call? Great. Let's hop on. And he wanted to give light into the lifestyle of him as an entrepreneur and what Adelante Barber Club brings, even the Rolling Bear Jiu-Jitsu, and then getting shaped up or getting that clean shave for the wedding on Friday. Uh, shout out to uh, Paul and Kyleen. Mm-hmm. Congrats. But, yeah, like now you saw – what a what that lifestyle was like for entrepreneurs. We were trying to find time in the day. I mean, shout out to Eric for being an all around for all of that. And it I think it worked out, right? Because now there's probably some questions that people have. Yeah. Right? And saying not just how you did it, what was the history of it, but what's to come. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe more clarification on what he've said during yeah. the story. And I actually do have one question for Khalil before we open up for question and answer. Um, And this one we have as a theme as well. If you were able to talk to your younger self from now to your younger self, Mm -hmm. what would you tell yourself? Don't change nothing, man. I'll take it. I'll take this round, too. I'll take it just like this. You know, at the end of the day, man, it's like, yo, you wish to change anything else or whatever the cases are. It's like, would I be the person I am today? I don't know. But I tell you what, whatever I have right now is what I'm satisfied with. And I'm happy for the outcomes and the results. I'm happy that God has given me eyes, ears, brain, 10 fingers, 10 toes, hands and feet, and a heart. Mm -hmm. Because that's the exact path of those tools are the ones that I use to get to this point today. Right. So if you had to ask me what I would tell myself to my younger self, use all that. And don't take the easy path. There's no such thing. Right. Because the exposure on the easy path is super hard when you fall. That downfall on the easy path is extremely difficult to handle. Mm -hmm. But if you prepare yourself, that's just another walk in the park. Right. So what I would tell myself is work hard. Do what you're supposed to. Take your time. Your time will come. You know, and that's exactly what I would say. No, I feel that. And I, I reflect back to that question uh, um, to myself 
And if I were to get that same <clears throat> question, I would just say thank you for not giving up. Yeah. There's definitely been points in my life where, you know, things get tough and giving up is never an option, but it's 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 there, it's in your head, you know. You know, the devil's telling you lies and all that. Mm-hmm. And just making it through it, man, I wouldn't be able to thank myself enough for not giving up. Yeah. Like the same relentless relentlessness you have mm-hmm. in life, you haven't given up. Yeah. You continue to pursue your dream. You're continuing to build a legacy. You're continuing to grow. You're continuing to be a student till yeah. the day you die. 100%. Yeah. So, like, thank you for not giving up. Oh, man. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm taken back by life sometimes. It's yeah. definitely a pinch me moment from time to time. And, like, you know, more than so whenever. And whatever the, the next path takes me is, is exactly what I want to offer out to the world. This, for me, is no longer, you know, monetary achievements are secondary to me. Being able to make a change is exactly what empowers me. Right. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to continue to make changes, and I'm going to keep on doing so. And in my light of 25 years, you know, I have I have kept back a little bit and do this and the third, but it's time. And, and we need to speak. We need to talk. We need to share this to the Gen Z, to Gen Alpha, and so on and so forth. This is the future. I never understood this ever and I always used to be like man y'all act old <laughs> but it's true the future is very important for what we show next mm-hmm. to the community of what's who steps into your businesses so whatever it is that you see if you see a shining sun that's a kid that has you know athletic ability if you have one that you know that's scholastically inclined if you know that has one artistic ability if you see one that is down, if you see one that is lost, it is our due diligence and due duty to ensure that we will pick up every single kid that will walk into the path of their future. Your word is very important towards the next generations to come Mm -hmm. to set us up. Because at the end of the day, we are the ones who are gonna lie within what the new leaders are going to create. So help them. Right. Offer that. Don't think that we have not enough time for these kids. It's important, bro. That's right. And I think it goes back to your post. That type of responsibility is not for the faint of heart. No. Because as much as people see you in the light, not everybody's going to like you. Sure. Not everybody's going to want to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to, you know, take anything you say seriously, mm-hmm. like everything and anything. But at least you're staying consistent in giving that opportunity to anybody and everybody and saying, yo, you could do this too. Yeah. Do with it what you want with that information. How can I be of service? How can I be of help? Do with it what you want. If you don't do anything with it, cool. Yeah. That was your shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll open up the comments for any questions. Yeah, we got a question from uh, R. Padilla. 
74. Have you ever tried to do a new business venture and failed? Yeah. So my main goal, so what's going on, brother? By the way, this guy, by the way, builds really, really cool motorcycles. <laughs> um, and I actually bought one from him uh, a few years back. But as you were saying, you know, as far as a business venture goes, I think that's one of the biggest things, right? Like I opened up a business and I'm, I'm glad and it's a little bit more feasible to do it when you don't have something substantial like a family. Now, for example, at the time that I had a business, I opened up, my goal was to open up five businesses before 35 and I did. My first business I opened up when I was 19. Now check this out. And if you guys know who this gentleman is, he's an extremely, extremely talented artist and is known in the fashion world. His name is Matthew Senna, also owner of Senna Made and Senna Made Goods and has done extremely, extremely beautiful work for Jordans, Air Maxes, and with Nike and collaborative platforms. He is the guy who is actually creating bronze casted Jordans. You ever saw that? Ooh. Full bronze casted Jordans called Study 01s, Study 02, Study 03. And for each story of his Jordan, he named and the reason why he created that bronze casting. Hmm. He created one for the six because like, yo, that was the time that he saw Jordans. It was such a high level of Jordan that he wanted, but he couldn't afford it. And he he like almost made it a namesake for himself. And that's why he created these structures of art. So I had opened up a business with, with him when we were about 18, 19 years old. And I'm not sure if you remember that brand, Jamie Marks. And it's a brand that was out of North Plainfield, New Jersey. We had a store in a screen printing shop thinking that we could sell apparel and goods. Mm -hmm. And I remember, man, it was crazy because we had one uh, Jamie Marks show and it was super successful. So we shot for the next pop-up and created all this stuff. I stuffed my 89 Accord with all this stuff in my car, transferred it, and did a pop-up in New Brunswick and no one showed up. Mm. You talking about full setup, dog, pop-up shop, and no one was there. Mm. And then in light of us at the time, we were paying like a little bit of the rent and they were charging us 800 bucks and I was paying for the rent. And in the meanwhile, we didn't sell anything. Mm. Bro, we didn't sell nothing. So we just closed. And I remember like, damn, how am I supposed to go on through life if this is my start of my path of like wanting to create a business? Yeah. And I think the biggest, the biggest factor of opening up a business is your delegation with fear. Mm -hmm. And you and fear got a problem, fear is always gonna win. But if you tell that thing to move over and say, I'ma just do this shit whether I lose money or not, okay. Yeah. The biggest thing I tell a lot of new entrepreneurs is if you are willing to invest into yourself. So here's the thing. This is the way I see it. People are willing to put a car note on themselves to buy a car and borrow money off a car. Mm -hmm. But nobody's willing to be able to bet themselves on, borrow money to bet on themselves and produce a business. Right, right. It's a higher risk they see in their eyes, yet you're in a vehicle that statistically you Drops can get an accident. Yeah. 
So the, my whole thing is, is that you, you have to start to consider whatever you think is of higher value. Mm -hmm. So have I ever failed? A hundred percent. I think the biggest reasons why I succeed is because I've lost. And that's, you know, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that you, you could, you could gain from a loss is being able to learn. Just as long as you learn, brother, you can take the next step and see exactly what else is available. That's how I always uh, started to view what fail was. It's a first attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. And I know, mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anybody on here that does remember Massive Clothing was my first brand ever, mm -hmm. right? We made it out to Yellow Rap Bastard. We were out at the Magic Trade Show. We had a booth and all that. And we close up shop within a year. I mean, it happens, right? Like, yeah. But you just gotta take those values and whatever, whatever you had in those. Those are all assets to the next thing that you need to do in life. All right. I think somebody says something. Bro. There we go. One door closes, a new one opens. Appreciate it, fellas. Yes, sir. Like. Appreciate it. Man, you know, I think one of the biggest things too, man, is a learning factor. Is like. You know, it's okay, man. Like, it's okay to lose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it brings better understanding, dude. Like, yeah. some of these cats want to stay winning and shit. And never, like, never want to admit that they never lost or took an L. Like, that's crazy to me. They only highlight their wins, man. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy Only too, highlight man. your wins. Man. <clears throat> that's mad elementary. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's wild to think because the way I envisioned this whole thing with all season is that we're probably not great at podcasting just yet, but every time we do a show, I hope Eric agrees that we're progressing, doing better, and now trying different things while we're still in the, you know, infantile stages of it, right? The whole lifestyle following, the whole marketing, promotion for it. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, you got my attention, so, you know, you know one of the <laughs> biggest... huge. You know, and one of the biggest things for me was like, this is something that I also wanted to do, and I think I think you guys are doing great. You know, uh, you guys have a great avenue on being able to offer this to other entrepreneurs. And uh, the biggest thing about it is like, yo, there are plenty of gatekeepers in this in, in life. Yo, gatekeeping's whack. Man. It's crazy. To <laughs> Gatekeeping is whack. Like, <laughs> and just as long as you get to open up that door for other people, be like, yo, Khalil was the reason why, or you know, yeah. That they're the reasons why I was able to open up the sites and like what I could do next. Like, yeah. imagine being the cause of that. You know, you know why I think gatekeeping so whack, and people in the OG Adelante would probably attest to this that I was at Cast Iron Pot maybe two or three times a week, and I said, "Yo, I gotta put people up on this spot. It's too good, right?" Mm -hmm. It was a Korean barbecue spot, but now you can find find one everywhere. Sure. And I go every time I experience a new place. I just can't wait to tell people about it because sure. y'all was good. I want you to experience the good life with yeah. me. And yeah. I think the saying that I had to uh, the OGs or even the kids now is that if I eat, we all eat. Yeah. You know, gatekeeping's whack. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, do you, you feel point? good? Do you do you get in bed and be like, mm -hmm, I'm the only one that knows about yeah. this? <laughs> That's it's weird. Like, They're gonna find out anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> That's so weird, actually. Man, this might even open up an opportunity. Drop recommendations to restaurants anywhere, local businesses. We're really trying to put everybody on here um, yeah. and just network, really network, inspire other yeah. people to do the same thing. I mean, Khalil said it best, you know, all due respect to the nine to fivers and even more so to the nine to fivers that do their side hustle on top of that with the limited time in the day, you know, 
that that's crazy. Just keep at it, keep working at it. I mean, there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I think needless to say, you know, when it comes down to it as well, man, um, if you haven't checked out our businesses, um, mine, my personal businesses are in uh, Metuchen, Westfield, and uh, Milburn. I have Razor Sharp Barbershop, which is in Metuchen. I have Westfield, which is the Wolves Den. And I am a co-owner of Original Sharp in Milburn. Um, if you're ever, in your, if you're ever in any of those locations, you know, you can come by, check us out, and we have... Um, the talent to be able to uh, service your needs and, and, and uh, you know, get in your, barber, uh, your barbering needs, man. So check us out, you know, for everybody else who has been attending, man. I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate you guys 1,000%. Yeah, RSBS. What's up, Monica? Dope. There you go. And, yeah, for me, I own Adelante Barber Club. We recently, well, not recently. It's about to be two years. But we moved over to Kenilworth off the boulevard. Um, come there for your weightlifting, powerlifting, strength and conditioning. We do offer personal training. We also have a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu studio in there. Um, yeah, come by, get fit, get strong, get results. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some people see that ad. Yeah, You know what? I'm just noticing this wall here. If there's anybody watching right now, if you got an artist friend, that has something for canvas or whatever. And you, you saw the hallway too, cool. I said, I need something here. Yeah. <laughs> if you got an artist friend, DM me, please. I yes, need sir. something for this wall and the one in the hallway, yeah. you know, just to brighten up the room instead of all this weeb stuff that I have, which I'm proud of. And you probably can't see the, uh, the Dragon Ball figures behind the camera. Those are fire, by the way. <laughs> that's how I grew up. That's, that's how I grew that's up. fire, man. man. Wait, actually, let's flip the camera for them to see. And that's going to wrap it up for us, episode four of the All Season Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you very much for having me, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Until next time. Peace. Peace. My city on